Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <clears throat> Ready to get your sports banter on? Brian Henninger, love child of Albert Einstein and Howard Cosell, with a body chiseled by Zeus himself. Brandon Sharples, a man who could beat Mike Tyson. In a spelling bee, together they form the At Odds Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it is Monday, February 26th, 2018, and we are live with the At Odds podcast. Uh, welcome. We have an awesome show in store for you guys today. So I'm your host, Brian Hemminger, joined as always by a silky smooth Brandon Sharples. Brandon, how you doing tonight, man? What's up, man? Just the right amount of silky and just the right amount of smooth tonight. <laughs> I'm just been watching The Office today, man, doing some notes on some blogs I'm going to be writing. Or that I actually the already office, written. Eh? Yeah, I watched The Office. Like The Office just puts me in an amazing mood. It puts me in an amazing mood. It's like one of those things like if you're ever like having a bad day or just like a whatever day and you just want to smile and laugh, I feel like The Office is the best show to watch. Like today I was watching the episode where uh where um what's his face? Fucking uh who's a big black? Stanley. Stanley Stanley was threatening to Yeah, Stanley was threatening to leave to go to the uh Karen. Utica branch. Yep. Yeah. So he's threatening to leave that, to the uh, Utica hilarious. branch. Yeah. And he uh so anyways my, or Michael does all these shit to go try and like sabotage that office to try and keep Stanley there. Well, he ends up giving up and he like, he tells Stanley, you know, you can go. And he tells Pam, come into my office. I need help writing a wanted ad. He fucking, he's like all the breasts laying on the ground in his office. He's like, wanted one middle-aged black man with sass. <laughs> <laughs> that was like one of the best lines ever. So yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. And uh, so, yeah, I, I watch The Office pretty much every day. And I was just writing some uh, some shit up, doing some research on some blogs. Make sure I got everything correct before I publish them. And, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I made some, uh, some chicken pesto for dinner. And then, you know what I had? This is awesome. I don't know if you like these or not, but I love White Castle. I'm a big White Castle fan. I don't know if oh, any yeah. of you guys like White Castle. Brave case, I man. love White Castle. Yeah. Crave case, exactly. I'll talk order, about that. You order a crave case, me into Caesar at Ohio State, and just slam it. Oh yeah. So like basically, I buy these little, the little like two burger individual wrapped ones, and I'll take them and I'll uh, 
and I will put them in my, you know, like a minute and a half and you eat them. And I just, I always have them on hand, do whenever I feel like it. So I ate that part too. But the reason I brought that up is um, we got our camera and I think this weekend I'm going to be going down to Marysville for my niece's birthday party. And then I'm going to meet up with some people and we're going to do like our first food and beer review video. But one of the things that I wanted to do is I wanted to go down to Cincinnati with our buddy, Reed, you love, you love Reed. <laughs> that's, that's Hemi's <laughs> arch nemesis in high school. But yeah, um, I wanted to go down there and I told him, I'm like, dude, we're going to have to hit up White Castle when I get down there. And I want to videotape us doing a, a Crave Case challenge. So we each get a Crave Case and see who can smash it first. And if we can finish it and who can do it the fastest. So I thought that would be pretty funny, dude. I, could you think, do you ever, do you ever finish an entire Crave Case to yourself? Not by myself. I mean, I never tried, but I mean, I would get one and share it with the Caesar and we would eat it that night. So I know I could smash half of one. No problem. Probably more than half of one. I, I, and, I actually thought, I actually thought about the idea of the movie Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. I mm-hmm. actually had the idea of um, me and Reed, at least me, he can get a crave case, but at least me ordering that exact amount of food that they ordered that when they finally got to white castle and see if i can finish it <laughs> i think that'd be so fucking dope what do you think i mean Dude, i think that'd be it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the most timely challenge but i mean it would be funny as fuck especially if you could actually yeah, pull well, it that's off why when you edit the video you just do that whole editing practice where you're basically fast forwarding the shit and you know <laughs> you, people are watching you eat it's like boom 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 boom, boom like really fast you know what i'm talking about yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm, I think I'm going to try the Harold and Kumar challenge. I may fucking start a trend here. I think, you know what, if I, I think I'm going to do that because that's going to be our way to the top. That's going to be the ticket to the top for odds and belly up. I'm going to do this challenge. <laughs> I'm going to fucking succeed, go viral, and, and belly up will be up with Barstool on the top of the totem pole for fucked up sports, uh, you know, media companies. So... Yeah, dude, this is our ticket, man. Belly up, fam. My ticket is me doing the fucking <laughs> the, the Harold and Kumar challenge. That's what I, that's what I'm gonna be doing. There so, we have it. Yeah, dude. How many? Actually, I think that you should try this with me. What do you Maybe think? Maybe sometime. I don't know about no, this you, time. It's been a I while. Know you can do it. That shit yeah, fucks me up. Really... Fucks up my intestines though. <laughs> all those onions, those little onion crystals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. dude, they're amazing though. But I, I gotta imagine yeah. that's probably not gonna be too good in my stomach. What yeah, do you think? I don't probably know about not. you, but like the last times I ever had White Castle, we would eat, smash the whole crave case, and then the next day, you just wouldn't want to be around me or to Caesar for like twenty four hours. Because it was just the nastiest, <laughs> smelliest farts for a full day, just from all those goddamn yeah. onions. I mean, that is at least if you eat a whole crave case, you are absorbing about a thousand percent of your daily value of onions. Okay, maybe more, probably more. Probably, huh? Yeah, I don't know, man. I think that'd be an amazing challenge, though. I, I got to do stuff mm-hmm. like that. Get those like big ass like Taco Bell. Oh, look at that. There we go. Fixing my chair here. But uh, 
Yeah, I, I, I like that idea. I got to go big or go home on these first couple of challenges. You know what I mean? I got to study up on my my beer vocabulary so I don't sound like a retard when I when I talk about the beer I'm drinking. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, maybe it's, you could be the guy that relates it to the common man. This beer. I want uh, to. I want to, but I was looking at these. Uh, there's that. Remember, I told you there's that, that stupid fat dude that does the does the shit for Barstool. Yeah. And he stole my idea. I always say, well, the comment section is always rip his ass apart for not talking properly about beer. <laughs> so when they're like, we got to get this fucking guy out of here. He's the worst part of Barstool and all this shit. And I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna have to uh, like really bring my A game on this shit. Then. <laughs> so. But yeah, well, I would. But I, I did want basics. to talk about. Yeah. Well, I don't want to be like, like hey, this is. I'm drinking the Bud Light, so smooth. No, I want to be like, yeah. you know, I want to talk tra- some craft beer, some some cool shit. Lava yeah, you, you should learn a, what uh, the IBUs, the bitterness units. Like that. That's, that's actually funny. really interesting. Yeah, that's what I think I should be doing, but I want to do. Uh, Lob uh, this weekend. Lob told me that uh, there's this pub brewery place down in Delaware where he lives, and he said mm-hmm. it's really cool. They got some cool, like really a kind of more exotic style beers. They got some cool drinks. They light on fire and do all kinds of cool shit with tricks and stuff. So I'm gonna go in there. And he said there's food and say, there's burgers, beers. You're and, going to you Delaware know. for sure. Yeah. All right. I got a thing for you to go to for food if you're going to Delaware. That, that burger it's place? Thurman's Cafe. Uh, they have a location yeah. in downtown Columbus, but that location is really small and you got to wait like over an hour. The one in, they, they opened a second location in Delaware and it's a lot bigger. You can actually like get seated right away. And I'm not joking. It's still the greatest burger I've ever had in my life. The Thurman burger. <laughs> if you want to go crazy, get the Thurminator. It's like a foot tall. The, thir- the Thurminator. The Thurminator? Yeah, but the Thurman Burger is the best burger I've ever had in my life. The Thurminator is overkill because it's two three-quarter pound patties with a pound of ham on top and then like nice. eight cheeses. Nice, dude. But, yeah. Oh, we need to check that out. But, uh, yeah, I speaking will, of... I will post. Is there like a... Can you get like... So, hold on. If you finish this Thurminator Burger, do you get like your name on the board? Do you get nope. like a... Is there like a wall of fame? Nope, I don't think so. It's just an awesome burger. Fucking huge. They should do that. Yeah. They get they attract I, the, more the, people. The restaurant's actually called Son of Thurman's or something like that. Son of Thurman Son instead of Thurman Cafe. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I wanted to talk about uh I wanted to talk about our contest we're having for Belly Up Sports where mm-hmm. we're having voting voting for um the hottest uh, college softball team in the country right now. And then we took all the teams from all the power five conferences and we put a vote in and everybody's voting right now at, at bellyupsports.com. I actually put the link, I put the link up in here. So if you guys want to click the link, go ahead and uh, click that link, go in and vote for all the, all the conferences. And then in the next round, I think will be all the conference winners against each other. And then that basically picks the hottest team in the country. Right now, it looks like, well, let me see. Let's see what we got going on here. Uh, Arizona and Washington are tied for the Pac-12. Looks like Ole Miss is smoking 
in the in the in the SEC. F, F, uh, FSU is killing it in the ACC. And Oklahoma and Baylor in the Big Twelve. Um, oh, it also looks like Florida's doing good too. We got a lot of teams, so we, we got a bunch How of votes going in. Voting open till I think the fourth. I think till Sunday. Okay, and then we have uh, the finalists duke it out against each other. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. So that's we're gonna have like all the top five teams like duke it out, and that and that will be another round of voting, and then we'll crown the hottest softball team in America. And we'll give them a certificate. <laughs> so these teams are actually enjoying this. We've had some uh, some other teams like retweet us, and we've been like messaging players from these teams behind the scenes, and they're all for it. We haven't had anybody talking about how we're degrading them as women by doing this. So so far we're so so far so good. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm yeah. pretty pumped about that because I was worried about getting hit with a by a bunch of fem Nazis <laughs> telling us we're degrading women for doing this. So, so far, so good. So I'm pretty, ha- I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, man. I actually, I really liked Washington's team. I think they look, they looked pretty hot. So if if the Washington girls hear this, you guys look good right now, and I'll I will make sure that you guys get as many votes as I can cast for you. <laughs> Are you allowed to vote once per day? What's the whole rules on this? I'd have to look. There's the rules on the bottom of the page. It tells you. I don't know if they, they do it by IP address or if you can do once a day. I don't know how that works. Maybe you can vote as many times as you want, and we can just we can just push whoever we want into the finals. I don't know. We'll have to talk to Mike. Mike runs this, so ah. we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. This is all this is Mike's brainchild. Yeah, yeah. It's a good idea. It's I'm good gonna, idea. I'm gonna It'll put you guys. I'm gonna do map. this for women's basketball. When March Madness starts, I'm doing the hottest women's basketball team. And I'm going to put them in a well, bracket you know and have everybody. It's going to be like, you know, they're like 80% lesbians, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's fine. There's hot lesbians okay. all over the place. <laughs> Just that making sure matter. you knew. Yeah, I, I'm excited for that. Who cares? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so everybody go go to bellyupsports.com and that link that I put up there right in the heading of this of this video, click it and vote. It's I mean, it takes you a couple seconds. It's not a big deal. And you get to see pictures of some really pretty girls. And you get to be a part of history, crowning the first ever hottest NCAA softball champ, national champion, right? So who doesn't <laughs> want to be a part of history? Yeah. I think that'd be there we sweet. Go. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, you want to get into our first topic? What do you want to talk about? Like Ronda Rousey? Right. Well, yeah, let's go Rousey. Because uh, if for those of you that weren't aware, um, Ronda Rousey signed with the WWE. She has been training at their performance center. Like she's basically not fighting anymore. Um, she hasn't said for sure that she'll never fight again, but uh, she debuted at the Royal Rumble about a month ago. And all she did was come out and point at the WrestleMania sign. She didn't actually like do anything. Like it was just the one chick won the Royal Rumble. Then Ronda Rousey came out and pointed at the sign. So it wasn't that big of a deal, but they had like her official contract signing and I'm putting that in quotation marks because they always have contract signings in WWE and they always like basically turn it into like a character building moment where the two people square off. But for this, it was Ronda signing with WWE and it was like a big official thing. But what was hilarious was uh, apparently Stephanie McMahon and Triple H were trying to screw Ronda over. 
So Ronda picked up Triple H and slammed him through a table. And yeah. Stephanie McMahon slapped Ronda in the face. And then Ronda signed the contract. And she's probably going to be facing in a two-on-two match Ronda and Kurt Angle against Triple H and Stephanie McMahon at WrestleMania. So How much does she get have it. for this? Oh, I'm sure it'll be like for the her contract. It was I'm sure is well over a million dollars. Oh no, way more than that. It's got to be way more yeah. than a million dollars. We should look that up if you get a chance. But uh, yeah, I don't. I, mean, yeah. I don't know if the details are out on how much she's getting made. I, I, I from all I've heard, it's like a, a similar to Brock Lesnar's deal, where she doesn't have to go out and wrestle every night, but she's just going to make appearances at the pay per views and spot appearances at other spot places when they they deem necessary. So she's going to be that used works. as kind of a special attraction moving forward. But what do you think about this? I mean, she went from the baddest bitch on the planet, and now, you know, she's fake fighting. I don't like her, so I don't have a whole lot of good things to say about Ronda Rousey, but um, <clears throat> I think it's fine. I mean, she's trying to make money. She's doing the, the best way she can you know she's wanted to be a movie star and i think it took a little bit of luster away from her when she was getting her ass whooped and then now that she's in the wwe i mean they make really good money and since that she'll probably be you know probably the most well-known wwe woman's fighter there is wrestler there is now that she's there um yeah she's gonna make good money i'm sure they'll make her a women's champion i I mean i'm sure she'll have plenty of opportunities build her brand as a wwe champ um obviously she's probably not going to fight in the ufc anymore i think she got exposed when she started uh, you know, when she came through i felt like the women's divisions were extremely weak in the ufc i mean they had some yes. decent fighters and everything but you know she fought some you know, it was a it was a brand new thing you know there was really no other mainstream women's mma out there and you know she wasn't fighting really that top notch of fighters like Misha Tate's like a good fighter but you know she was like a pioneer too you know when it's like you know each generation gets better and you know all the all the fighters Misha that Tate started, became the champ after Ronda she actually choked out Holly Holm the girl that knocked yeah, out Ronda but she, she was getting kind of beat up all, all, all Holly had to do was just relax and not get choked out but yeah, I know yeah <laughs> yeah I, I felt that uh you know Ronda was just like a one-trick pony man you know what I mean she she armbarred people. She was a good grappler. She hip tossed people and armbarred them. And then like Beth Correa just kind of let her punch her in the face. And that's like was the one time I saw her like KO somebody with her fist like badly. Mm-hmm. But you know, once she got, uh, you know, two times that she fought strikers, she got demolished, not just like beat. She got her ass killed. She got really well, beat up. And she, uh, it was strikers that could, avoid the takedown it because she fought strikers yeah. before and she smashed them when they couldn't avoid her bull rushing them and throwing them on the ground like uh, sarah kaufman is you know pretty good women striker and ronda just charged her uh backed her into the fence dragged her to the ground and armbarred her like in a minute yeah. so i mean she did face strikers and correa was a striker and ronda knocked her ass out and so really yeah. what her weakness was was somebody that has good striking that knew how to utilize distance and could avoid Rhonda, you know, charging in. And yeah, she just never really evolved past that. 
No, I never. Well, I never seen a champ that was like that hyped, like have that, such a glaring weakness that was fine, like you know, finally exposed like that. Like she kind of reminded me. Of, I love Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson's like one of my basically my favorite fighter, but he kind of got exposed when he started uh, fighting um, guys who were at length. And uh, hold on one second. Um. I got I, I got to have the chat experience. Um, so basically, Mike Tyson got exposed by by people that could withstand the you know the first few minutes of the fight, kind of settling them down, and in in, in in a you know expose the fact that he wasn't very good at fighting fighters with length. Like Buster Douglas, he made it. He had an awesome game plan of you know keep, keeping the jab going. He was jabbing the shit out of Tyson and just working in the uppercuts and stuff. And then uh, Lennox Lewis did the Tyson same thing. Seriously either. Yeah. It's not just that. Like, I'm not saying Buster Douglas is better than Tyson. I love Tyson. Like, it's not that at all. It's just that uh, he had a game plan that Tyson wasn't ready for and exposed that. And then Lennox Lewis is a super tall and long heavyweight. And he was, he smoked Tyson and same with Vander Holyfield, Vander Holyfield. Like they all utilized that jab, kept Tyson kind of back and didn't let him just get in there and bull rush him and, and, and that's kind of reminds me of, of Rousey. Like once some, once, you know, Holly Holm figured her out, it kind of set the blueprint of how to kick her ass. And then, you know, mm-hmm. uh, she comes back in gets that title shine. Gets just, that was her fight against, uh, Amanda you know, Nunes. What, what's her name? Nunes. Amanda Nunes. Uh, she fucking yeah, murdered her. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the most lopsided championship fight I've ever seen. And one of the most lopsided fights I've ever seen, period. Yeah. It and you know what's really hilarious? Bad. Like Nunes, when she was in Strike Force, she faced uh, Alexis Davis, a girl that Ronda beat in about 12 seconds. And Alexis Davis made it to the second round against Nunes and then uh, finished her. And yeah. Ronda couldn't, uh, like, she, she stood and traded with her and then she got her ass knocked out again. She couldn't get it to the floor. And when yeah. she faced somebody that hits hard, uh, she got exposed. So, so basically what I find interesting is WWE is trying to like use Ronda as this baddest bitch on the planet. But I mean, she's lost her last two fights violently, like yeah. and got embarrassed in both of those fights, like didn't even really get much going offensively at all in either of them. And, and now they're trying to like, promote her as this super tough badass chick and you know what i mean wwe has some pretty good girls in their uh, women's division like uh charlotte flair uh she's the daughter of rick flair and um you know nia Jax is like the rock's cousin and she's like 250 pounds she's freaking huge she can like throw every chick all around the ring so I, I don't know, like it's going to be interesting seeing the WWE try to sell Ronda as a badass when she's going to be in the ring with people that are bigger than her and stronger than her. Yeah, like I don't know, man. They'll they'll, they'll figure out a way. It's the WWE, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, Brock Lesnar came back and didn't Brock Lesnar come back and win a title or something? Like didn't he win the belt when he came back? To WWE, he, he has a belt right now. <laughs> yeah, and he and he he got beat up a couple times. So I mean, they they did yeah. it. They did it with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, but then Brock Lesnar went back 
UFC and beat Mark Hunt at UFC 200. So, I mean, he still still was a badass. He He just wasn't good enough to be the champ anymore. No, yeah, but he took a couple of beatings. Like, King Velasquez beat the shit out of him. Yeah, Kane so, took the uh, title from him, and then Overeem kicked him in the liver and folded him in half. Yeah. So, so he had a couple of him right in the diverticulitis. Let, let's just put it this way. They didn't they didn't bring Ronda Rousey into the WWE for her to just be kind of fucking floating there. You know, they brought her in to make headlines. They brought her in to be a champion. Well, what's she will be what's interesting is to be good in the WWE, it's not just having star power i mean you have to be capable in the ring you have to know like the moves and be able to execute them without looking like a piece of shit and you have to be able to talk and ronda sucks at talking she is awful at it if you've seen any of her movies i mean she has like no believability whatsoever um yeah like she shitty talking last night and that was the worst part of the whole segment the only part that was good was when she threw triple h through the table um, like, yeah, so I don't know what they're going to do with her there. Yeah. Like you need to be able to act to be in WWE. You need to be able to sell like the, the reason behind why you're fighting people. Like you need to make people care. And I don't know how she's going to be able to do that because she is so bad at talking like, and sounding <laughs> like she, like it matters. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd have to imagine that her that her uh, contract's gonna be pretty big, though. Her last fight, oh, I'm sure it will be. Because I mean, she was one of the highest paid fighters in the UFC at one point. I mean, with her star power, she was you know selling a million pay per views. People wanted to watch her just beat the fuck out of people. But uh, I mean, the second she got exposed, I mean, everything just got flipped on its head. On its head, and and honestly, what pisses me off about Ronda is you know, as being a part of the MMA media, she blamed like all her interviews and everything as why she lost to Holly Holm. Like, cause she was on Kimmel and, and Jimmy Fallon and Conan and, and doing all these interviews, like hyping up the fight. So yeah, she took like a whole year off after getting knocked out. And then she didn't do one interview or anything heading into the Nunes fight. She's just focused on her for a whole year. And then she got smashed even worse. And yeah. she never stuck around, never went to the post-fight press conference, just disappeared off the face of the earth. Like, she does not know how to handle losing. And she's a terrible example to people. And I don't know. I just, I don't like that she's getting this huge opportunity when... Like she got exposed so badly and looked like such a piece of shit afterwards too. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna argue. Point. I I, yeah. I don't like Ronda Rousey. I thought that her shit talking against Holly Holm just looks so fake and garbage. She's terrible at shit oh, talking. Yeah. I hate the way she walks out. She thinks she just walks out like she thinks she thinks she's like the greatest thing to ever happen to the UFC. She walk walks in like she didn't even like tap gloves with with Holly Holm. Like she just was a big cunt. Just got murdered, and I loved it. I remember watching that. I was in the I was in the happy hour in O'Carver, and they're streaming it from a laptop. And I watched yeah. uh, Holly Deborah scream, and it was so awesome. I loved it so much, and yeah, I, I murdered them, man. I, I I murdered all her fans that were there that night, and I was getting on Facebook and I trashed the shit out of her. I loved it, and then, then she was talking about being suicidal. They're a loss. I'm like, you're 
supposed to be a champion. You can't fucking get over that. You got her loudmouth mom. I can't stand that. Like when the parents think they have to come in and try and like ride their kids' coattails and talk shit on their behalf. It's like get out of here. Mm-hmm. I, I just I don't like anything about Rousey. I think Travis Brown sucks. She's gonna marry that douchebag, and there's nothing to like about her. Her movies are terrible. I just I don't know. But the but the WWE is gonna bring her bring the best they can out of her because they're gonna they paid for her. And I gotta imagine that they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be paying her a pretty penny. So oh, I don't yeah. really have too much else to make a shit ton of money. Yeah. All right. There's something that you need to see at some point, and it's the the Ronda Rousey Hollaback highlight. Okay. Yeah. This is this is a preemptive gem. So I'm gonna post it in your chat. Chat. Yeah. It's only like 13 seconds long, but it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I have to take that. I have to take that into consideration, dude. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we should talk about the NCA scandals, man. This is this is gonna be pretty damn big. Yeah. This is gonna be pretty big. I don't think people realize yeah. how big this is. It's this is fucking massive. Yeah, this is gonna be one of the biggest things that hit college sports ever if not the biggest thing to ever hit college sports. Like, think of the death penalty for SMU and just, like, times it by 25. (laughs) It's, Mm -hmm. like, really bad. Like, Arizona's Sean Miller is getting the brunt of it right now because it was leaked that he had a wiretap on him uh, talking about paying $100,000 for Aiton, which is their, like, huge-ass center that's pretty much going to be a number one pick in the draft. Um, But, yeah, so – that was that was caught on an FBI wiretap and exposed to the media. I don't know if they just threw him on the chat block. I don't know what they were doing with him, but I thought it was pretty crazy that uh, when the FBI released these reports and everything, there's like 25 schools that are talked about in this in this report that are blue like blue blood blue blood programs or like top notch programs. Basically, every top program in the country has major violations. And if they stick to oh, yeah. their code that they've been doing and, you know, putting these teams balls and, you know, on a vice and taking care of business with all these teams, then you're looking at like 20, 25 teams of the best programs in the country. Like the whole top 25 basically is going to be, uh, you know, exposed and put on some sort of probation. And some of them may be kicked out of the postseason and, Mm-hmm. It's gonna be pretty. It's gonna be crazy well, to see what they do with this. Because... Let's just go over some of the programs um, that have been exposed. I'm, I'm only gonna name the teams that like are consistent uh, NCAA like five, Sweet 16 type teams. But we've got Virginia, yeah. Notre Dame, Texas, North Carolina, Kentucky, Duke, uh, Clemson, Xavier, Wichita State. Um, USC has been in there big time. LSU. I mean, there is one school that's not in there, as far as I know. It's going to piss you off. Is that Florida? What'd you say? I said there's a, there's a school that's not in there that's probably pissing you off. Ohio because State. they're not in there. Yeah, baby. Clean as a whistle. I would imagine Although they so, have because they've been, so they have been nicked a couple times in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Like I think they had yeah. to vacate the one uh, one of their final four runs. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, 
this is if they if they stay consistent, I kind of gotta believe that it can crash the postseason like next year. You know, once it's yeah. done, it could it could do a lot also of things. And then like George Mason wins it all because like none of the good schools are in the NCAA tournament, yeah. or like I Northwestern mean, brings it home. <laughs> this this is honestly is going to shed light to all kinds of things. It's not just basketball, but the Lonzo Ball talked about. Yeah. Huh? The Lonzo oh, Ball is oh, talking about. Sorry. Go ahead. I will let you go. No, no, no. Right. No, go ahead. I'll I'll follow. All right. Lonzo Ball t- was doing an interview saying that he was never offered any money to go to UCLA, but basically everybody's been paid. And this hundred thousand dollar talk is no surprise to him. And he can name you like dozens of players that he knows personally that's gotten so many benefits and families. He's like, this is nothing new. This is nothing the NCAA didn't know about. And uh, you know, it's basically talking about as a joke. So you gotta you gotta imagine that's true, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and uh, are you? Yeah, well, what I was gonna say is, and this is might just be the tip of the iceberg too, because like this is all just from one agency and a couple agents. Like yeah. that's where most of everything that they have right now. So I mean, if you just think about that, is how many like programs got exposed just by one agency? Like, if if they actually start getting a, most of the agencies involved, they could be like almost every program in the country is, could, could get involved because yeah. I mean, maybe that's just the way that they do business, you know? It is the way they do business. It's the culture of the game. Now think about mm-hmm. this, man. What I don't like is that they're throwing Sean Miller under the bus and they're making him seem like a fucking devil. But the dude was just abiding by the culture of the game these days. Tell me this. If he abides by every rule, doesn't land these, uh, you know, five-star players and, and starts, you know, falling back and, you know, not even in the top five Pac-12 and, and barely sees the Sweet 16, what are they going to do to him? They're going to fire him, right? So oh, Sean Miller's like already fired, I think. No, I'm talking about – they're going to fire him now because it was a scandal, but I'm talking yeah. about they would have fired him for lack of performance. So you got yeah. a, a, you got a play, you got a coach that's going to be fired for lack of performance. So the, but, but in reality, so he's doing basically paying these, these players. He's, you know, these boosters are paying these players and their families because that's what's needed to get these other guys. He, he's just basically playing the game. The game is, you pay to get these top guys to your program because you want to keep your job and you want to win games. And the way to keep your job is to get these, you know, five basketball is that one sport where it can be severely impacted by one player where you get the top, you get one of the top five-star recruits in football. It's going to add some, you know, nice depth to your football team, but it's not going to win you a championship unless it's like one of the best quarterbacks of all time. You know, unless you get like Andrew Luck or something like that, when he came out and, you know, put Stanford on his back. But for the most part, a five-star player, he's not going to change a whole lot. You put one five-star player on, like, Alabama and shit, and they become a tournament team instantly. You know what I mean? Like, bas- mm-hmm. basketball is like five guys on the court, and one guy can make a massive difference. And say you land one five-star guy, well, then you're gonna, you might land another five-star guy that plays AAU with them, or two four-stars are going to come with them. You know what I mean? They all come together. They're all friends. They all play basketball all over the country together, and 
I think happened with uh, Ohio State when they brought in uh, Greg Oden. I mean, Mike Conley yeah. and Daquan Cook were like part of the package. Yeah, they all came together. And that's what happens all over the place. So, like, I think that, you know, it's kind of shitty to to paint you know, uh, Sean Miller as this, like, you know, evil, you know, outlier. But no, he's not. He did all that stuff because he needed to compete with the Dukes and the Michigan State and the Kentucky and all the other guys they're doing. Like, look what Kentucky was a couple of years ago. Their B squad was good enough to be a Final Four team. They were that stacked. You, that's because they, they probably paid the right couple of guys, and then they brought all the other guys with them. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you got all these Kentucky yeah. fans. Kentucky basketball fans are some of the stupidest fans in the history of sports. They're so stupid. And they have all these shirts where they have, like, it's like the NCAA bracket, and it's like Louisville versus FBI, and then they get the FBI going to the winner's side. Well, dude, laugh it up. Fucking laugh it up, Kentucky. I'm not even a Louisville fan, but laugh it up because your day is coming. Kentucky is going to get the hammer because Calipari invent, fucking invented the one-and-done culture. Oh, yeah. Calipari invented that culture that we see today, and he also, you know, he's linked to all kinds of scandalous shit. You know, from, from the time he was at Memphis and UMass to now. So I don't want to hear shit. You guys are going to get the hammer. It's coming. And I can't wait. I can't fucking wait. I actually want... I, all right, first of all, I, I believe that you should be able to do well, some things. So when I say this, we'll talk about what I think they should be able to do. But since it's within the rules, I kind of want all these programs to get smashed. I want them all to get smashed because I want to see how fucking amazing it would be to collapse NCAA basketball for a couple of years and let it rebuild itself. <laughs> I'm the type of dude that wants to see the the fucking ground burn. <laughs> I'm that guy, and I want to see it. I want to see all these programs get fucking nailed and get put on probation where they can't even go to the postseason for one year. So basically, the, you will not see any of the top teams in the NCAA tournament. I want that to happen. That way, these fucking teams learn their lesson and they do things the right way. On the contrary, I believe that you should be able to pay something – there's got to be some sort of way to compensate these players more than just a fucking bullshit scholarship. Yeah. I well, hate when people say, oh, they get free scholarship. Huh? Yeah, there's a couple things I would change for sure. Um, we we yeah. kind of brushed on this last week, but um, likeness rights, I mean, if they sell the jersey with the number on it, they should be able to sell the jersey with their name on it, and the guy should make some money. 100%. Yeah. Like the the star players should be raking it in on jersey sales. They should be getting a cut because basically what they do right now is they just sell the jersey without the name on it with their number that they currently are. And everybody buys that number. And all you're buying is just the jersey from the property of the university with a number that could be anybody that has ever played that number. So it's bullshit. And same thing with uh, NCAA college basketball games. Like, all the players in the game have, like, the exact same statistics and abilities as the real players in real life. Like, I remember I, I bought NCAA, like, 06, so I could play, like, as Nate Vandersloos on Miami because I just thought that was the coolest thing that I could play as somebody I knew, you know? And Yeah. But it wasn't really Nate Vandersloos. He didn't, his name wasn't Nate Vandersloos. He was just, like, number 72 for Miami the seven foot white guy. So um, 
what they really need to do is get likeness rights, give these guys the ability to make money off of their image, autograph signings, all kinds of cool shit like that, which they deserve, and mm-hmm. allow them to sign agents. Uh, there's other sports in college college that allow you to sign with an agent. I think NFL does, and uh, a couple others that doesn't end your amateur status. So I know that that opens like a can of worms where then you'll – because right now the agents are interfering in college, and then if you allow them to sign in college, then they'll start interfering in high school. But I don't give a fuck. Like these guys should be signing with agents. Like they need yeah. people that actually can give them a little guidance instead of like dudes that they just grew up with that are just don't know what they're doing with the, the kind of money they're seeking. Another thing is like, um, it's like they go to a Nike school. I think that they, you know, they shouldn't be making money from Adidas. I think there should be some rules to it. Um, but I think that, you know, these players, they should, like you said, they should be able to make money off their likeness. I think that they shouldn't hold them hostage to a, to a college scholarship. A college scholarship is not anything in the pockets of these te- of these people. Like, like one player could bring a couple million dollars to the, to that team in one year. You know what I mean? And I think that mm-hmm. they should stop this shit where they're like not letting players go straight to the NBA from high school. They should do it like they do it in baseball. They should just let these dudes go and enter themselves in the draft. And then when they're in the draft, they need to, you know, find out where they're going to get drafted. And then if they like the idea of where they're going to get drafted, you know, you know, projected wise, they can stay in the draft. If they don't, they can get back out of the draft and go to college. Like that, like that, you know, like how the MLB does. Guys can get drafted out of high school, and then they decide to turn that contract down. They'll go to college and play for a couple of years, and then get redrafted again. You know, they turn that draft down. So I think that's what they need to do. There's plenty of there's plenty of players that came from high school in the NBA that were, you know, wildly successful. You know, KG and and Kobe and and LeBron, and LeBron are going and, and Tracy McGrady and uh, Amari Stoudemire. Like some of these guys are going to the, in the Hall of Fame. People always point to Kwame Brown. Well, the dude made over sixty million dollars in his career. He wasn't a bust. He just mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't a good number one pick. But he he played in the league for like over a decade. The dude was in he was in the league for a long time. He just didn't put up the stats like you would uh, you would for a number one pick. But he had no business ever being the number one pick. Blame Michael Jordan for him being the number one pick. Don't blame Kwame Brown. Call him a bust. He's not a bust. He was just picked at the wrong spot by a dumbass. Michael Jordan was a shitty GM. So. I don't think you, you can't just you can't create a narrative from people like Kwame Brown and shit like that, like that weren't good coming out of high school. I still think you should give them the opportunity. If NBA teams want to give them the shot, then give them the shot. I don't feel like it's killed college. It killed college basketball. What's killing college basketball is this shit. You got people, mm-hmm. you know, paying players under the table, and you're stacking teams constantly, and um, you know, you're creating a market in an environment that's unfair. And when you have an unfair market, you create a black market. <laughs> you know what I mean? So now there's like this black <laughs> yeah. market going on, you know, underneath the, 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 you know, what's the rules? You know, they're going behind the behind the rules and they're and they're doing their own thing. And what the fuck did they think they're gonna do? You know, when you're putting this much pressure, especially today, I feel like there's more pressure on these coaches today, like in college football. Like if you were if you were going to bowl games every year. You were like a 20-year tenure coach back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you basically could stay as long as you want, as long as you went to bowl games. 
Now you can you can have three or four eight win seasons, and then they're still firing your ass. Like look at Mark Rick at Georgia, or uh, Harbaugh. I mean, yeah, he's had decent years every year, but he loses Ohio State every time, and now there's uh, a lot of pressure on him. Yeah, tons of pressure. Plus, uh, Harbaugh's recent this past uh, recruiting class was like not even top twenty. That was horrible. Mm-hmm. So. I don't think Harbaugh – Harbaugh to me is a huge failure. He's already a failure yeah. in my eyes. Yeah. I think what's going to take them is – You have to recruit. You have to coach. You have to win. Like there's so many things uh, that you have to do really well. You have to keep your players out of trouble. And a lot of times uh, people have to bend the rules to, to make a lot of that happen, Be- yeah. especially with the, the amount of money that these guys are making too. I mean – when you have coaches making millions and millions of dollars and players making zero, what do you think is going to happen? You know, you know what? That's another thing. These, these, these NCAA uh, programs that are, what, why are they giving so much guaranteed money to these coaches? And then they're making their buyouts like amazingly high, like unreasonably high. Like, why do they do that? They need to back. Well, they don't. That's a problem. Like they're, once they hit that pickle, they're like, oh, well, can we really fire him? We're going to owe him $16 million. Well, that's your whole fucking problem. You shouldn't have put that in well, the contract. Well, a lot of times coaches won't sign without those kind of guarantees because that yeah, means and they, uh, until because some of retard the, the pressure to win. It, if, there's if always pressure. Like you know what I mean, though? If they're going to leave their school that they're currently at, they need a huge like front-end loaded deal that's going to give them some security for them to build a program. So, yeah, I mean, I can understand why that happens because if what one school doesn't give that to that dude, that's in high demand, another school will, like he goes to the school that's going to give him the best, sweetest deal. Because a dumbass set, set some sort of precedent at one point where they just all Mm -hmm. of a sudden just handed, it's like what they're doing with these franchise tags and like giving Kirk Cousins all this money. And then like, where'd that come from? Like, where the mm-hmm. hell did that idea come from to be able to franchise somebody and pay them astronomical amounts of money? Like, and then, like, I don't understand where these contracts came from. Why are they, why do they, every year they just overblow these players? Like, Tyler Johnson from the Miami Heat makes like 70 some thousand. Uh, he, or he, he signed like a three year, $70 million contract, or it might be five year. It was $71 million. Like he's not even yeah. like starting, and he's making like yeah. what, like a six-year, eighty million dollar, more probably more than that. That's that's what I'm talking about. It's like where do, where are they getting this money? Why did they, why did they choose to put this money in these hand in the hands of these players, and and they're fucking themselves. Like you know, why do they choose to to give? Uh, like who just signed the richest contract in in football? Who who was that? Wasn't it uh, Garoppolo? Yeah, no, yeah, Garoppolo. You know I'm a huge fan of Garoppolo, but why did they have to? Why did they have to pay him that much money? Like it all started when Stafford signed his huge contract, and before him, Andrew Luck mm-hmm. and Mike and Michael Vick and you know Peyton Manning and all these guys. Like like some of these guys deserve big money. Like that doesn't mean that they suck. I'm saying they suck and don't deserve big contracts. I'm just saying that you set a precedent each year when you just keep upping the ante and giving these guys more and more money. And and what's sad is you're giving people like Joe Flacco and people like that, like massive contracts 
And then you're just giving all the leverage to the players, like, and these teams are handicapping themselves. Like, yeah, of course you can't build talent around your team because you're too busy paying your quarterback a shit ton of money. That's why I love Tom Brady. The dude took such a pay cut because he knows he's going to make endorsement deals. His wife's rich, and, like, he wanted to win, and he knows where his legacy is going to be made. So, you know, he, he took a little bit of a pay cut for his team. And, uh, you know, LeBron does – you know, he did. He did too. And, uh, you know, that's – that's a sign of a great player that's like, you know, ready to win championships. And I just think the precedent's been set so shitty. I think the NCAA is the most crooked, corrupt, worst run organization in the fucking world. The NCAA is so corrupt. They know everything that's going on. They pick and choose who they want to lay out and slaughter for sacrifice. And then the FBI basically came out and, and put a big fuck you in their face. The NCAA cannot afford all these teams to get penalized. They really no. can't, but, but they're going to have to do it, but they really can't afford it, right? Like, what, yeah. what are they going to do? If they do? don't do it, they're going to be the biggest fucking hypocrites. Yeah, but if they do do it, they're going to lose a shit ton of money, and the March Man is going to suck. Mm-hmm. So I just think they need to change it. I think inevitably who, – who was it? I think it was Jalen Rose on ESPN – or was he on Fox or ESPN? Who cares what he's on? He said today that he thinks that – the players should boycott March Madness until they start being being able to make money. That's what he said. He said yeah. these players should take just it to much Everybody but the players rakes in off of March Madness. Everybody but oh the players. Oh. Everybody. Like, and that's all the, the betting part. sites make a shit ton. The colleges make a shit ton. The athletic directors, the coaches, um, the, the NCAA as a general all the cities that they play all the major games in, rake it in. I mean, it's, it's disgusting. And, and the yeah. people that they're all making all the money off of are getting paid a scholarship. Yeah. And then you get people in the comments. Like, school that they're well, they're not even like get a degree from. Yeah. Well, they're, they're talking about, well, they're getting a full ride scholarship, dude. Like not, a, it's so amazing that they should be grateful that they're getting a full ride scholarship and not leaving and all this debt. I'm like, those people that say that, I just want to punch them in the face. And be like, shut the fuck up. You're that slave boy for your work. You'll never be a boss. You'll always be working for the boss. You're like, you, you, you don't think outside the box. Those people are losers. They're fucking losers. And I have no problem telling those people they think like a loser. They think like a tiny dick loser. Don't think like that. <laughs> think big. These guys should think big. They're making all this money, and they want a, they want a piece of the pie. Why would they not think about that? They're the ones making the money for the NCAA. And, and, and the NCAA is just a, a joke. And and I think that instead of giving them scholarship money, but they should give them scholarship money, but they should also give them, you know, how do I put this? Basically, everybody talks about how, like, oh, well, these academic people are not, you know, treated the same as athletes. Well, yeah, they are because – academic scholarships are rampant all over you know i know i know people who have gotten academic full ride scholarships i know people that got at least three quarters of their college paid for and free room and board based off academics and and uh you know other other sports title nine like women's sports and stuff like that and and think about this if they have to start paying these players likeness and all that shit and they and the teams that are going to benefit the most are these title nine teams because women's sports with the exception of maybe like UConn women's basketball, they all lose money, all of them. And a lot of like lower tier men's sports, like I love uh, NCAA wrestling. I'm a big college wrestling fan. 
but I know that most of them lose money because I don't put any bucks mm-hmm. in the stands, you know, except for like Penn State, Iowa, and Ohio State. Like those programs do, but there's other smaller programs that can't put people in the stands and they lose money, but they're they're still a program. But most women's sports programs lose money. Well, you start <clears throat> you start bringing in revenue for, to these players, you know, it's going to grow. It's going to grow these sports. So, yeah, I think that it, at the end of the day, they have to pay players in some fashion, whether it be through letting them make money off themselves or they have like a stipend they give these players, something. But it's going to have to happen. They're going to have to pay them, and they're going to have to start letting people go pro whenever they want. They have to make some major changes because they can't just slap, you know, slap an FBI probe on all these coaches and expect it to change and basically scare them straight, right? You can't really do that because mm-hmm. that's not the culture that they've built. They built this culture, and they're going to have to deal with it. You know, do you, you know, do you agree with me on that? Yeah, I do. I am. They're going to have to adapt to what they've already created. They can't just start fresh. So they have to accept a lot of the fuck ups that they made that they allowed to happen because of the culture that they've created. And yeah. yeah, And just, they just need to make major sweeping changes. And a lot of it should involve uh, rewarding the players because if you're going to force a guy to, you know, like the whole one and done situation, they're taking a whole year out of a guy's career. Yeah. Right now. I mean, that's just think how much money he's missing out on like guys that are surefire first round draft picks. Yeah. And they're wasting to, time to risk everything to, to play one year at school that they don't care about right now. Risking injury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was watching, I was listening to Clay Travis and his take on this and, he was talking about how he changed his mind on, you know, the NCAA rule for um, football players because of what he saw happen to Marcus Lattimore, which I don't know if people remember who Marcus Lattimore is, but Marcus Lattimore was a fucking badass running back for South Carolina. Like probably would have won mm-hmm. the Heisman if he didn't blow his knee out. And he not only did he blow one knee out, he blew the other knee out because he, he started as a true freshman. It was just amazing as a true freshman. Then the following year, he blew his right ACL out. Then the following year after that, he blew his left ACL out, and he had never really recovered, and he, he ended up winning like a little insurance settlement because his career got ended. He made a couple million dollars, and now he's like back on the South Carolina coaching staff. But that dude, after his first year, could have easily went pro, and he, he could have been an NFL running back as a sophomore, a true sophomore in college. And instead, he ended up with two blown-out knees, and his career is over. So I think that, and then I guarantee there's a lot of players that are like that. They're, you know, the careers get fucked. Like, who is that Oregon cornerback that the Browns took oh, yeah. in like the seventh round? Browns seventh round, and then they just released him because he never recovered. Mpe or, or yeah, something it, like that. He had like yeah, it was, it was some, some African UBS. name. Yeah, that dude was going into the senior year, or junior year, one of the two. Pray Alamu. Yeah, he was like one of the top cornerbacks in the whole country. He's projected first rounder. Gets hurt, mm-hmm. doesn't play a senior year, and then he and then he goes like in the seventh round of the Browns as like a as like a yeah we'll see what happens kind of pick. Never made the team, never played it down, and I don't think he's in the league anymore. And he should have been gone. 
You know, he should yep. have been out the league. He, he should yeah, have gotten into the league. He by the Browns after never playing. And then he played, he got picked up, claimed by the Dolphins, and then they waived him like four months later. Uh, yeah. He got placed on injured reserve for the second straight regardless, you know? and then released by the Dolphins. Yeah, he, he may have been he may have been a bust regardless, but you never know. You know, I just know that he got hurt. So they just need to change the policy altogether. The NCAA, like I said, is the biggest joke. It's the biggest failure in, in all of sports, and they just need to make a change. They need to make a change big time. So, yeah, I'm 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 done. <laughs> you know, what? I hate when I get these. Uh, yeah, I hate when I get these pop ups on my computer for like antivirus. If your scan starts oh, now, I'm like, it's fucking. Oh, fuck you know, I'm usually shit. a lot of those antivirus programs like put shit on your computer that make you like dependent yeah, on. I would not doubt it. I will, like I will never is- download. Like any special antivirus program. Like the only thing I will ever use is what just whatever comes with my computer. And then I like yeah. the only thing I add is like pop up blocker or ad blocker for like Google Chrome. Just just an extension so you don't have to watch ads when you watch YouTube videos and all kinds of other shit. Yeah. But, all right, man, I'm done with that. Do you got anything else to add? Oh, not really. I mean I guess I can throw in a gem or two if people are interested. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, that's good. Wow, winning. All right, I got a couple comedy specials. Uh, I haven't had time to, like, just sit down and watch movies or anything, but what I like doing when I'm tired is I just put on a good comedy special on Netflix and I just like lay down and uh, I need to pass out. Or if it's really good, it keeps me up. Uh, and there's a couple that kept me up. Uh, Chris Rock's new special tambourine just came out. It's on Netflix. It's fucking hilarious. And then one of my all time favorite specials, I've probably watched this on Netflix about six or seven times already. And I will probably watch it again soon, but uh, Anthony Jeselnik thoughts and prayers. I mean, just, tears a whole asshole into like the whole culture of uh, the people that just, I mean, that's just a, a small part of it of the people that just hey, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, another tragedy, thoughts and prayers. Is that, uh, is that on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's oh, I gotta one of the watch best, it. it's one of the best standup specials ever. I mean, he's, he's one oh, of the I love most it. I love it. brutally offensive comedians. And I, yeah, he's my, one of my all time favorites. Like, extremely dark comedian. Like, his jokes, I mean, he's like a pedophile in his jokes. He's a serial killer in his jokes. I mean, he, I mean, you you name it, he does it in his jokes. And he, he pushes extremes, yeah. which is what I like. So, Anthony Jeselnik, Thoughts and Prayers, highly recommend checking that out. And if you're offended by it, go fuck yourself. So. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. All right. Gotta love and, uh, one last maybe. shout out to the Belly Up Sports Hottest Softball Team Contest. I will reveal my votes. Um, let's see. I went with... Uh, I totally forget who I voted for in the SEC. But I know in the Big Ten, I went with Penn State. Big 12, I went with... Um, 
Iowa State. Uh, nice. Pac-12. I went. I went Washington. I, I, I went Team Sharples. And ACC. Yeah. I think I went. Who did I go? ACC. Georgia Tech. Yeah, I don't know who I went with ACC. I don't know if I voted ACC yet. I gotta, I gotta go through those photos. Let's yeah. take a look. So, oh, yeah, don't forget to go to that guy. I know who I voted with on a Big Twelve. It was uh, Tennessee, who? just because all, all you there saw you was ass. <laughs> I like that. For SEC, I've I'll give it a little bit of the doubt. But yeah, Texas A&M has a pretty bomb ass team too. They're pretty hot. So, yeah, guys, don't forget to go to bellyupsports.com. The link's right there in the description of this video. It's America's hottest softball team. Uh, Check out, you know, bellyupsports.com for all the blogs, latest blogs. Uh, Belly Up Sports uh, Twitter, Belly Up Sports uh, Facebook page. That's pretty much it for us. And then the Yad Odds podcast Facebook page and our, you know, YouTube, SoundCloud, all that shit. That's all on the familiarsports.com. There we go. So without further ado, let's end on a high note. Mega Man 3, baby. Yeah. Peace, bitches.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.